first things first. I'm all right. Yeah. I'm opening a, uh, a gluten-free beer. Green's gluten-free glorious pilsner. What's with the gluten-free stuff? <clears throat> well, I'm not... <clears throat> you know, I don't have uh, gluten intolerance, but I just tend to feel a bit... Meh, a bit bloated and full if I have gluten. <clears throat> doesn't cause me pot. any real grief, but, you know. That's the pies, Rob. Well, it could be. It could be that. It could be that. I had a... I had a sausage sandwich <clears throat> for lunch and uh, in these oven-bottomed Lancashire drop scone bap things or something. And they were delicious, but now I'm feeling a bit bleh. So I try to stay away from gluten. It means lots of flatbreads instead of nice bread. Do you want to introduce the show? Not really. Yes. Uh <laughs> It's going to be a a classic, this one. Uh, Good evening. This is North v South, the podcast about but not about design. Uh, We might have to change that. Uh, This is episode 93. Are they? What? Are they? Are they? Yeah. What? Speaking a bit of Latin. Oh, why? What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Episode 93, I'm Rob Turpin and... Uh, the Latin speaker among us is uh, John Elliman. You and your <laughs> classical education. So what is uh, been going on in your world? What is on your desk, Rob? Let's jump straight in. I've been building a model robot. Right. You know, to, did... to help you with household chores? Yes. Uh, no, you know, I've done a couple of those uh, Bandai Gundam robots uh, recently-ish, yeah. Um, and someone, uh, Toby Barnes, said, have you seen Frame Arms? And I'm like, what is Frame Arms? And it's a Japanese anime kind of mech robot thing. Uh, so I had a look, and there's some amazing uh, robots and robot kits that you can get that kind of uh, spawned from this Frame Arms anime. So I ordered one, and it's it's, a, it's an amazing design. It's a really chunky looking square sci-fi looking mech way better looking than the Gundam stuff in my opinion uh, and I've been putting that together um, but it's nowhere near as good as the Bandai kits the Bandai kits are just uh, like miracles of plastic engineering everything you know the way everything is kind of cast and really precise beautiful bits of plastic everything slots together and clicks and uh, has kind of beautiful moving bits. Uh, and this kit, although it's got lots of moving bits, it's just not quite as refined. So things either take a hell of a lot of pushing together or you push them together and there's no click and bits fall out. So I got all the way to finishing this thing and then put it all together and it just kind of practically fell apart on me. And uh, so I've had to wait to get some glue to, to finish it off. But... Uh, I'll post a pic when it's done. I might finish it tomorrow. So, But that's been taking up a bit of my time. Uh, what else have we been doing? Working on stuff for Patreon. Uh, I have now got 58 patrons. So that's come pretty well. Uh, in just uh, two and a half weeks, I think. Um, what else? Various little bits of illustration, commission stuff. Uh, and today I watched... Uh, well, the last couple of days I've watched I Am Mother 
on Netflix. Have you seen that on Netflix? No. It's a new Netflix original film, sci-fi. And it's a little bit Terminator, a little bit Matrixy. Uh and it's kind of all right. The best bit about it is there's a a central robot character called Mother. Um and it's all practical effects, not CGI. And I think it was Weta, you know, um the New Zealand effects company that put it together. And it's actually a guy in a suit. Um but it's a really nice bit of design and some practical effects work. Um it's almost worth watching just just to see Mother. Um, but it's an okay thing. It's sort of mildly diverting. Ends more with a whimper than a bang. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's about it this week, I think. Last week we had some uh, crazy busy wedding weekends. We had two weddings last weekend. And it was kind of chucking it down. And we had another florist booked in to help. And she couldn't make it. And it was just kind of logistically hard work and it was kind of you know particularly for Steph it was like three or four 16 hour days and so that was tough that took a couple of days to recover from um and we've got a much more relaxed wedding weekend coming up and then we've got a couple of weeks off so that's nice uh and my parents are going to come and see us which is also nice and that's about it and so ends my uh news so with Let's talk about your Patreon for a bit. Mm. Are you giving people stuff on there that they can't get offline? Yes. O- o- online, as it were. Yeah. And, and, and what are you doing? Are you telling a story? Are you doing a comic book? Or what, what is it? Go on, give us a snapshot well, of what it is, not, or is it top secret? No, no, no. It's not that formalised, but there is a story to it. So basically the weird field spaceships that I've been drawing on and off for the last, I don't know, probably six months or so, six or, six or seven months, um, I'd written some background for that, and there was kind of a, the hints of how that all kind of happened. So I've decided that that's going to be my Patreon. So the only place really that I'll post any new stuff for the Weird Field world is going to be on Patreon. So they're going to get uh, illustrations and background writing and some kind of fictiony bits. Um, and they'll also get the chance to kind of interact a bit. So at the minute, um, last week I put up a couple of scans of sketchbook pages of little doodles of spaceships and I got my patrons to choose which ones I'd develop. Um, and then I've got them picking a name for that spaceship. Um, yeah, so it kind of works like that. And there are, there are several tiers to you can't how you subscribe. So there's a base tier where you just get access to everything. And then the next tier up you get uh you get a sketch and some postcards. And the next tier up after that you get a sketch and postcards. And you get to name a ship and uh get a, a colour illustration of that ship over the course of a year. Right. Um <laughs> yeah. So you've given yourself quite a lot of work to do then. Yeah, they're real. Yeah, I had to Has put everyone a, gone for the highest? They haven't. A lot, but initially a lot more did than I thought. I thought right. I'd get, you know, two or three people going for that. Um, and I capped it when it got to 15. Yeah. So, um, but luckily I've got a few, a few bits and pieces already drawn. So, um, yeah, but it's been nice and it's a little bit, there's a kind of a community feel to it. So, you know, people comment on what I post and then people quite often comment on their comments and stuff. So I hope people kind of get to know 
each other a bit and yeah it's been nice so far but it's it's the difficult thing is you know 58 patrons is i don't know about 185 dollars a month minus and then you got to take off patrons fees so it's about 150 dollars a month or something so 125 quid um and you think oh how much time does that kind of buy me to spend producing content for it um which at the minute when I haven't got masses of other stuff on, it's kind of fine because if I'm, I've got nothing to do, I can just do stuff for Patreon. Um, but I think I need to kind of think about how the tiers work and, and just make sure that the returns, uh, you know, kind of equate to how much time I spend on it. But if you're creating something that is going to go on to become something else, exactly. Then you kind of get paid while you're doing it. No, because there's definitely going to be a book. It's just like a window into your current work. If you're just operating for Patreon, then you're on a hiding to nothing, aren't you? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm eventually going to produce prints, and I'll be producing an art book of all this stuff. So yeah, Um, yeah, it's been it's been good. Do you feel it's dragging you on? It's just it's forcing you to do stuff. It is. Might not other do. It is. I guess I'm thinking more about that as a as a project rather than just as a little thing that I sometimes do every now and again, um, which is good. I kind of think I need that bit of structure. Some people make a huge amount of money from Patreon. You know, some artists are making five, 10, 15 grand a month. Yeah. So, you know, that, there's a there's a market there. I don't think I'd ever approach those sort of numbers. But, you know, if I can make a few hundred dollars a month, then that'd be fab. So I kind of need two or three times as many patrons. If I can get to that, those numbers, I don't know. Yeah. Well, all the best. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's uh, patreon.com forward slash this northern boy. <laughs> this show is sponsored by... Um, <laughs> yeah. What's uh, what's on your desk? What's on my desk? Dust. Dust, of course, yeah. Uh, a, a lot of typing. I've been doing a lot of typing, mm. a lot of coding. Uh, I'm working on three websites at the moment. When you code... Yeah. I assume if you're typing, you know, in English, you're kind of touch type quite quick yeah. on the old keys. Yeah. When you're coding, are you have you developed that kind of familiarity with it? Are you quite oh, okay. can you kind of rattle through? I think I'm touch type now. Yeah. I don't even think about it. if I okay. think about it, I can't touch type. Right. <laughs> you know, because I don't. I'm, I wasn't trained. You know. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, but also a lot of coding things they auto suggest. So. If you're typing away, it will give you all the options for a particular okay. Tag like an auto complete yeah. thing. <clears throat> so you may, and then you can press tab, and it will come up with all the options that are, that it knows about. Mm. Um, so yeah, you are looking at the screen all the time. So I don't look at the keyboard. But um, it, the weird thing is, I, I know I say that I, I don't do this all the time. So it's not you know my bread and well, it is my bread and butter. But it's it's not something I sit doing all the time. So I find it quite tiring. And the last few weeks, so that's all I've been doing. Because uh, I'm kind of building a publishing system for an events company that they can pump out mm-hmm. multi- multiple shows from, so it's really a si- it's really a system that I'm building. So I'm almost building, you know, I'm building what the uh, um, millennials would call a uh, a design pattern library. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know, lots of components that can be yep. used on multiple pages. So it's not really, I wouldn't say it's like art directed design. It's more like a system. 
Um, but the, 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 the thing I found about it is that as I get better at it, or I think in more logical, less designery ways, I find more efficient ways of doing things. So by the time I come to the next iteration, I'm kind of unpicking what I did before and doing it again. So there's a lot oh, okay. of, uh, there's a lot of reinventing and then yeah. re- repurposing, even the way you write, you know, even the way that you tag certain bits of code. I'm changing the way that I use the, the names for that. Um, so because you find out, you, you know, you start running out of, of words that you can use to describe something <laughs> in semantic markup. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to read lots of the way that other people do it. But what, what I am finding is that I'm sort of, I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm sort of moving in that, in that direction just because of necessity and production, mm. uh, time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. But all I'm doing is like, you know, a bit of HTML, lots of CSS and a bit of smattering of PHP. So it's not like I'm not really uh, reinventing anything. I'm just doing it commercially. So it's got to be, it's got to, you know, I've got to think, right, okay, this bit is going to take me 10 minutes. I'm not thinking this is going to take me all day and faffing around with it. It's just yeah. like, right, okay, does that look good enough? Yeah, it's fine. On to the next thing. Because clients, you know, they'll only pick up on the things that you know they're going to pick up on. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be like, you know, can we make the logo bigger? Uh, had that today. And can, <laughs> and can we move this, you know, can we move this menu into the most, inc- you know, the, the most difficult place that a user could access it by? Yeah. Um, do they have, do, do you find clients have similar justifications for when they ask for things like that? No, they're normally, you know, they're normally they're normally weird logic. So, for example, a logo might have a strap line in it, which has an important bit of information. So, for example, like an event might have a date in it. Right. So, rather than pasting the date somewhere else where you might make a really giant headline out of it, it's in some strap line because that's just the traditional way it's been done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so they're yeah. like, well, we can't read the date. I'm like, well, let's take the date off of it and move it somewhere else. No, no, no. <coughs> that's part of the branding. So, um. Yeah. It's things like that, really, and it's all it's all weird, weird logic, um, mm. mithering. You just call it client logic. It is client logic. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm bewildered most of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the passive aggressive nature of it that that, that upsets me most. Um, yeah, you know, my wife's on site at the moment, and she's going through the same mm. same thing. Same people just changing things at the last minute just because mm. they want to. Not because of any business sense or logic. It's just because they're changing it because it makes them feel good about themselves. So they've got some input. Yeah, they can say that they made that final decision. Mm. I don't know. It's an ego thing, isn't it? It's weird. Really, really weird. The world is weird. It is. Um, So yeah, so I'm working on three of these things and I'm kind of, but I'm one of them. I'm really behind schedule. And um, so I'm just winging it. Do you need to go? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I got to put. I, I am going to have to pull a late one tonight, yeah. so I'm hoping that that one um, I just get. I can just ignore for a while. But next week, I'm I'm away quite a lot, so um, uh, yeah, it, it's all it's all a bit horrible. My wife's Ooh. away. I've got a kid at home. Um, she was ill last week, so it's it's just been one of those perfect storms. Heating broke down, Rob. Oh dear. Yeah, we had a power cut. A car, a brand new car, um, was driving along up the hill here. And uh, and just burst into flames. Wow! Yeah, and exploded. Right. Melted the tarmac it was sitting on and set fire to a telegraph pole, which 
carries our power, you see, all Jeez. our powers overline. So um, then... That's like got, something from Final Destination. I know. It then got a massive, uh, obviously, some kind of surge, which tra- travelled all the way up our electric lines yeah. and um, burnt all my thermostats. Blimey. Yeah. So, and it's freezing here. Is it is it cold there? It is. It's coldish here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's been miserable. Yeah. yeah so I went to put the heating on the other day and no heating. <sighs> Damn. Hurrah! We woke up yesterday to um, no water. Oh. There's a, there's a big uh, leak. Did you get Hampton. that? It's French. <laughs> the, the, Hampton, the Hampton Water Works, there was a big leak. And most of West and South West London was without water. Really? For most of the day, yeah. From sort of Notting Hill all the way down to Kingston. How did you wash your Hamptons? <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. yeah. No coffee. The coffee shop shut. Oh, right. Really that bad? Hmm. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Zero water anywhere. Oh. Except it was chucking it down, so that was ironically... Did you just go outside and act like a turkey? Yeah, exactly. Uh, How Uh, was Kitty's birthday? um, Yes, it went on and on, and uh, we had a party for 30 children, which was... uh, In your house? No, in the village hall, which is just just down the road. Yeah. Um, And uh, that was interesting and rather stressful. Um, Sure. Oh, I've been watching Britannia on Now TV. Have you seen that? Is that the the Boudicca type, no? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, I haven't seen it. It Was was it ITV or something? No, it's on Now TV. I know, Uh, but what was it on originally? It was on Sky Terrestrial. Oh, it was on Sky. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's really bonkers. And I didn't realise it was Jez Jez Butterworth wrote it. Do you know him? Uh, yeah, the name rings a bell. What else did he write? He wrote the um, Jerusalem, which was with Mark Rylance, and yes. where he was kind of like a slightly feral um, man of the woods. And mm. he, it's got that kind of mystic uh, Celtic um, folk. Yeah, I remember British seeing some folk stuff. I remember which, seeing which some can clips be terrifying, from it. can't it? Yeah. Um, and this is really, really good. It's all about the druids and how they. Um, how they cope with the invasion uh, in AD 40, whenever mm. it was, the second one. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's totally bonkers, totally, uh, it's written in a vernacular, so there's lots of effing and blinding. Marvellous. Um, and lots of magic and sort of um, magic realism. It's got Mackenzie Crook as the as the chief yeah. uh, druid, who's just fantastic in it, and it's got so much makeup on, he looks like a skeleton. Speaking of Mackenzie Crook in makeup, yeah. have you seen his latest role? No. Wurzel Gummidge. No, he's yeah. perfect. He's bringing it back. Yeah. Uh, so they post, he posted a, a picture, or someone posted a picture of him in the, the mask. But they've gone for the, the book look of it, which I don't really know. But he look, his face looks like a turnip with kind of roots coming off the bottom and stuff. And everyone was kind of slagging it off saying, you know, you've ruined my childhood and the usual oh, kind of thing. But I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah. So. Oh, I like I look him a forward lot. To that. I, I love I loved Wurzel Gummidge as a kid. Yeah, me too. And oh, the other thing I've been listening to a, an audiobook by Tom Hodgkinson, who is the he's the editor of the Idler magazine, mm-hmm. uh, and he's written a book. It's very short, and it's called "Why Ignoring Your Children Will Make Every Everyone Happier," and it's a kind of alternative uh, rule book to child child rearing. Okay, uh, and it's it's quite funny. Um, he's he's a little bit pretentious. Uh, I've written that he's um, you are near very near to Sood's corner mm. um, reading it, but he does have some brilliant ideas, and he is so vehemently against Silicon Valley and all its um, cronyism uh, 
and the the uh, you know the rise of the of the mobile as a as a kind of soma um, yeah. uh and it's it's just a fascinating fascinating listen so i recommend that it's on hodder um, uk published it which you can get on uh, audible i think is it is it a kind of a semi serious take on parenting yeah it's very yeah. tongue in cheek but yeah okay. it's it's merely a sort of, it's more like a recolle- recollection of how he brought his kids up and and ways that you can stop them uh, just leaving them alone just let them do their own thing stop yeah. trying to force them into uh, jelly molds of yourself or just whatever you kind of vaguely old fashioned yes it, exactly and he does talk about that you know it's like being bored is good yeah what you know what? i see you can't you can't be bored these days can you no, but um, yeah, he's and it's full of lots of quotes of uh, you know Socrates and different philosophers and um, Lawrence and all sorts of things. It's 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 fascinating, hmm. um, but he does come across as a bit of a, a bit of a uh, a sued sometimes. Okay. But that's all I've been doing really. Mm. Well, oh, and I bought a new oh. Apple TV. I did oh, uh, yes. my my Apple TV died, so that was, I was wanting my daughter wanted to watch Toy Story, and I only had it on Apple. Um, and we, we couldn't get it to work. It just literally has given up the ghost. So I bought mm. a new one, which is, uh, I got it off eBay. So I wasn't going to pay 160 quid for a thing that is exactly the same as a yeah. fire stick, which is 29 <clears throat> quid. Um, and I have to say it, it is a ripoff. It's a total ripoff. It's really not that good. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It, the interface is quite nice. Um, and you know, it streams just like the old one does, but. Nothing's integrated, so because they're they're you know they're rivals of hmm. say Amazon and Sky and all these things, so all the extra apps, none of them integrate into their TV app. So right. you're watching um uh you know you're watching a series and you have to then go into the app and then find it because the app can't remember what you're watching. Oh, okay. Whereas Amazon is much more open and just remembers everything that you've been yeah. watching. Um, but yeah, it's um also their app doesn't remember so. If you have family members who've bought films, you can watch them now, mm-hmm. which you couldn't on the previous one. Um, but it doesn't remember that you've got that, you've played it, th- say say you stop a film halfway through, um, it just goes to a blank screen and tries to get you to pay for it again. So it's just, none of it really messy. works that well. It is yeah. messy, yeah. It's not, it's it's how Apple have become, um, mm. not simple. Uh, whereas the old one was just really simplistic and, yeah. Not Should impressive. we... Uh- should we stick with Apple for yeah. the, the first delve into the news? Do you want to start? Yeah. So um, there was a uh, all lots of um, it's W WDC is it called? Yeah, the World Developer Conference. Right. So that was uh, last week, week before mm, last week, um, and they announced some new bits and bobs, mainly just marketing piffle. Um, but they have announced a new Mac Pro, which we all kind of knew that they were going to, and it is a truly pro machine. Um, they've re- kind of revived this cheese grater. Everyone mm. knows about this, so I don't know why I'm bothering or going on about well, we can. it. I'm just going to give my own opinion. Exactly. Um, I think that um, people calling it elitist are wrong because it is clearly aimed at a market of video editors um, and uh, visual effects artists and maybe musicians who are using high power, expensive, you know, yeah, it's aimed at people who are using stuff that you don't even know exists. Yeah. You know, it's not the sort of stuff that you just kind of look on Dell's website and, uh, and you know, and compare it with. It's just a whole other league, isn't it? 
Yeah, so it's not for it's not for us. It's not for the likes of us, is it? It's not for many people, is it? No. I um, mean, I think what's the what's the base price of it? Like five and a half grand or something. Yeah. Five or six grand. And I think people are estimating that it'll max out at near fifty if you yeah. fill it up with all the kit and caboodles. But yeah, it's a it's a different world. Yeah, and you can imagine these studio, you know, a studio buying five or ten of these things, um, they're just going to plug them in and they'll work and off mm. they go. They don't have to really worry about it. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of that's the kind of market. But I don't think they're going to sell. You know, they're not going to sell billions of them. They'll yeah. send. They'll sell a few thousand a year. Yeah, I guess so. Do you want to talk about the design? Uh, I think it's absolutely disgusting. It is ugly. I think that. Uh, Johnny Ive and his design thingy have—they're not—they haven't got their fingers on the pulse no. of, of things anymore. It, I don't think—I don't think it needs to be anything. I don't it's, think it's it, like if Dolce and Gabbana designed a desktop. Yeah, it's really gauche, isn't it? Yeah, the legs are horrible. Yeah, um, no, it's a really ugly machine. Um, Functionality-wise, the way it works, the way the case comes off, and you know, the accessibility of all the internal components so you can upgrade it is is absolutely brilliant. Um, but, but you're yeah, only going to do that like a couple of times in the life of the machine, aren't <laughs> exactly. you? Exactly. And <laughs> like, you and can see why people say, "Well, why don't you just buy a plastic enclosure and stick a load of PC stuff in?" Yeah, yeah. And, and it's going like, to be yeah, sat on the floor, absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. You know, no one's going to be looking at the bloody thing. I think one of the biggest problems with the Mac community in 3D, though, is re- is that the fact that they've fallen out with Nvidia, who make mm. the best 3D rendering stuff. Yeah. Um, and they still it's still not working on it. So there's going to be they're still missing that whole market because yeah i think they're trying to get around that by introducing their own bespoke kind of accelerator components aren't they to to make certain things work quicker with the amd stuff um, god we've gone really techy there i don't know what you're talking about yeah i don't right. just leave it anyway there. yeah no, it's really a really ugly product um and yeah i think nowadays unless they design something that's just got it's really flat and has very little bezels and it's that's it you know yeah they haven't got much to do. <laughs> they haven't got much much to go on, have they? Really? No. You uh, kind of wonder what the design department do. Well, they've got an iPad. The the, the i sorry the iMac is what? How many years old is that now? That that Ten. form. Yeah, it hasn't changed, has it? No. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I I think they are going to have a gap still where uh, people want a desktop machine that does things quite powerfully. So you think it's still uh, too much of a gap between that and the iMac Pro? Uh, no, I don't think, no, not that, but I think between the iMac Pro and the iMac of somebody who wants okay. to, because you can't use a Mac Mini to yeah. do sort of Photoshop work, can you? No. If you wanted a separate screen or a different screen or whatever, mm. what would you use? Yeah, know. good point. <clears throat> good point. Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, my first bit of news is um, Tokyo Agency, uh, design agency. Uh I think they recently redid their website. They've put more case studies and things. Um, really nicely done. Um, but one of the case studies, and they, they kind of name dropped this one in their tweet about their new website, is for the Fire Festival. Um, and we talked about the Fire Festival a while ago. It's the subject of a couple of documentaries and numerous lawsuits. It's this big uh, kind of influencer. Uh, exclusive festival in the Caribbean that turned into a kind of Lord of the Flies type disaster. Um, and I thought it was, it was interesting that Tokyo had, were kind of pointing at this work 
<clears throat> for a, for something that was widely sort of derided and, um, you know, it was a, t- a terrible end product. But Tokyo are rightly, I think, rightly proud of the, the work they did at it. And it, I thought it was quite interesting to see a, an agency talking up something that they're proud of that was a disaster. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I... I, I think it's nice that they can separate, you know, the work they did from the end product. Don't don't most designers do that? You know, <laughs> well, most designers present work that uh, on their sites that, that that doesn't look anything like the final version, does it? Mm. Where they, where it gets, you know, once a once a client or a user gets their get their grubby hands on it, it you know, it's oh, never it's never in the vision. Yeah. Uh, I find this a little bit inward looking. I understand why they've done it, and it's a good bit of news. But if it was my agency, which it clearly isn't, I would probably only do that client presentation oh, yeah. level. I well, don't I think, know. I think what you said there, it's a good bit of news. I think that's the key bit, isn't it? Yeah. Because it was, the fire was such a big thing at the time. Well, particularly when these documentaries came out. Yeah. Only, um, I only heard of it with the documentary. That, that it's kind of, it's a nice way to, to get people talking about the Tokyo agency. Yeah. I like, I like the copy that they've written at the front and it's kind of like, you know, um, Glasto Coachella, get in touch yeah <laughs> you know yeah, it's that exactly. kind of like we've done an awful lot of work and learned learned a lot about it yeah um but i think yeah i don't, I don't know it, it feels i feel a little bit strange and i'm and i think that that you know their their introductory subtitle i, I we know we know um yeah. kind of points out the fact that they're a little bit uncomfortable with it but yeah um, yeah when you've probably put your heart and soul into something um, but it's two years old, which is again, it's, it's, yeah. a, long, it's a long time, isn't it? But there yeah. we go. It's probably generated them a bundle of traffic. I'm sure it did. <laughs> uh, what else you got? The uh, oh yeah, uh, a site that I like and uh, Studio Neat um, are in based in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. um, trendy designery city. Um, yeah. They've made lots of cool things like the Gliffy. Which was a uh, like a camera uh, camera phone holder. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and they made a nice block, and they've done a they did a really cool cocktail app. Um, I can't remember what it was. Oh, called. I think you have you talked about that on the show. Yeah, yeah. Eyeball. I've still got yeah, I've still yeah. got it. Um, it's really really cool little mini app. Um, but they they do a little ice block thing uh, that you can buy. It's like yeah. a mold, and it creates massively you know sort of nice big cubes of ice. Cool. But they make loads of products. And, um, uh, yeah, this is a new one. It's called Tote Book and it's a notebook and uh, designers love a notebook. So I thought I'd bring it up here. It looks really nice. I mean, it's a, just a notebook. Uh, but it's got, it's got some interesting features and it lies flat, which you'll be pleased to know. Yeah. About. Uh, it looks a bit big for me. Um, I don't know how big it is. Uh, uh, it is 135 by 195 mil, oh, so five and a bit. I know it's all yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but it's got like little perforated <clears throat> pages in the back and an archive sticker for the for the spine and that I think is great. Dots. That yeah. sticker is yeah. almost the best selling point for me. I just yeah. think that's a really nice idea because I, I, you know all these notebooks are kind of shiny covers and you know they're all black or grey and you can't write on them. You know. Get a Posca or whatever. Um, so that little archive sticker's great. Yeah, I, I love the um, some of the marketing shots are hilarious, aren't they? Where it's like it's as thin, thin as a pencil. Yeah, <laughs> they've got a shot of it with that uh, that horrifically expensive. We featured it a Kickstarter for that kind of milled aluminium 
um, ballpoint pen. Oh yeah, got a, I, I think this is their one. Oh, is it? They, they've made one. Yeah, it's called the Mark One, uh, okay. and it's not actually. It's sixty five dollars, so it's. Not oh, no, I think that is that, it. I think that's what that we it? talked about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a ball. It's a ballpoint pen. No, they've got they've got loads of cool things. So yeah, check them out. Anyway, it's called Totebook, and it's by Studio Neat, and you can get one for I think it's twenty dollars for two. Yeah, it's all right. I don't know what the shipping to the UK is. Fifty dollars probably. Yeah, so I'd <laughs> I'd wait until someone like Journal sh- Shop or whoever get hold of them and yeah. sell them in the UK or sell them yourself buy them in and sell them yourself well there's an idea mm-hmm. uh, my next bit of news uh, quickly uh, we talked about Netflix tonight Love Death and Robots which was did you ever watch any of that no okay so this is the Netflix animated series helmed I think by David Fincher was kind of overseeing it um, and, uh, we talked about it on the show and it was technically some absolutely breathtaking stuff, but it was kind of all male gaze, awful representation of women in it. Uh, kind of across, not every episode, but a, kind of a majority of the episodes were really questionable. Um, but they've announced there's going to be a second series or second season. Uh, and they've appointed Jennifer U. Nelson as a supervising director for all, for all the episodes. So she's going to be overseeing all the episodes, which I think is a great idea to get a woman on board because it was really lacking, I think, in that department. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that differs from the first series. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're like the commissioning editor of this thing and you go, right, okay, I really was behind the last one, which was really sexist and misogynist. Mm. But um, actually, we've got the core demographic have come back and said that, you know, it was really offensive. Uh, it, it, do you know what I mean? It just mm. smacks to me of like really cynical marketing going on here. Like if it wasn't good enough the first time round, then, it, you know, I think it should be canned. But there we go. Well, I, I think technically everyone loved it. That's the thing. Yeah. So they've obviously got, you know, kind of the, the people on board that can produce amazing stuff. But yeah, it was uh, it was badly guided. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So but I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that they'll pull something fantastic mm. out of the bag for the next, okay. next series. <laughs> I've got um, uh, a Kickstarter, Rob. I've got what? I've got a couple of Kickstarters that okay. I've, I've bookmarked, but this one looks brilliant. Um, it's called Rapper's Delight, and I will read their blurb. It's a colourful new book overflowing with rare old sweet wrappers and nostalgic packaging from the 60s, 70s and 80s. And this chap, Johnny Trunk, who I hadn't heard of before, but he um, he's quite an interesting person. Uh, he's gone to a somebody's museum or a house in Stockport uh, who collected lots and lots of things. Okay. And he went there and with the, I think the sons of the, of the chap who's now mm-hmm. passed away, um, that they're going to make a book, which is just a collection of all of the wrappers that he has. Wrappers and tins and sweet boxes and just the most amazing amount of stuff. Blimey. Uh, ephemera. I've just, I've just seen the, the football uh, chewing gum collectible yeah. things god that takes me back yeah and the count dracula uh yes. ice lolly that used to have like the uh the jelly inside yeah. it was like blood it, it's, it looks brilliant and um, i've put it on my uh i haven't pledged for it yet but i will by the end of the month i think it's 20 quid the book and they've all they funded which is great to see so they've got 25 grand out of 20 that they needed wow uh, it's called Rapper's Delight, if you look it up. That's cool. And Johnny Trunk is the chap doing it. <clears throat> Marvellous. Uh, Lego. We haven't talked about this yet, have we? No. I mean, we have, but... Uh, oh, yeah. 
So it's the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landings this year. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, in July, was it a month, month and a couple of days? And Lego have produced uh, one of their creator sets. And uh, it's a thing of beauty. It's the Apollo 11 lunar lander. And it's it's a gorgeous kit. Um yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it, but it's, it's bloody, it looks bloody fabulous, lovely. Doesn't the, it? the gold bricks just mm-hmm. make it yeah. uh, really, really nice. And it's got a few nice little touches. So the 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 base, you kind of, if you think back to kind of space Lego stuff, they used to have those base plates, didn't they, that were kind of molded. This yeah. has got like a little cratery base, but, but one that you actually build out of bricks, which is nice. And it's got a little flag and a couple of astronauts. Um, yeah. yeah, really yeah, lovely. I want, I want. Yes, I want to. <laughs> I might have to wait till Christmas for that one. Yeah. Um, they, because uh, it was funny, before this came out, we were both lamenting the lack of uh, space, Lego space. Yeah. Which used to be such a popular um, range for Lego. And I'm Absolutely. guessing that it's gone away because they've got all the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, it's all Star but Wars it, and Marvel. But it just doesn't quite, I don't know, I don't, it, it doesn't feel right no. but they have they have released a um a, a sort of an ironic tongue-in-cheek version of it which apparently is from the latest lego movie yeah where they go to the moon and they've all got that kind of that ni- early 1980s lego space so you can get a set with some of it in but it would be really good to see it come back it where they're just relying more on the bricks like the the car that's in the um stranger things lego set that they were released yes, as well the jeep yeah <clears throat> where it's just square and boxy and just looks like lego yeah uh just another lego thing they've also released a new star wars thing which is the tantive 4 which is the first ship you see at the beginning of star wars the original yeah. film you know kind of getting chased by the and the, at the end of rogue one isn't it yes uh and that's a beautiful looking yeah kit really really expensive. nice expensive very expensive <laughs> Uh, but gorgeous. I really like the look of that. Yeah, I've got. They have this weird scaling issue, don't they? Because I've got like yes. the X-wing, and if you got that and put it next to it, it'd be the wrong scale. Mm. They need to stick to one scale, surely. I yeah. think. Yeah, because mm. the the minifigures that come with this are entirely you know, the, the standard ones. Yeah, yeah, like thirty feet tall. <laughs> oh, just on the same subject, the Apollo Eleven thing. Uh, I don't know where this come from. But it's a it's from the Smithsonian Institute, and they've got like a a three D digitization department, mm. um, and this is a uh, what is it called photogrammetry, where you kind of take lots of photographs of things and then model it. Um, but they've done interior and exterior views of the Apollo Eleven command module, so That's you can kind of click on this and you can just scroll around. Whoa. And it's fantastic because it's it's based on photographs of the cabin. It's not a, a 3D rendering of what it should look like. So it's it's kind of grubby and you've got – you can actually see on the ceiling some of the pencil marks that the astronauts would write in next to things when they were in the middle of a mission. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. Really. I, I, we're going to see some amazing stuff coming up in the next month or two, I think, to tie in with the – the 50th anniversary if you go to the external bit mm-hmm. and look at the bottom of the, the thing with the burn and the scorch marks yeah. in it, it's yeah. amazing it is 
just show just shows you the how lethal this thing going up on one of those was. Absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> mm. Very good. So uh, uh have you got a website of the week? I have got a website of the week. Uh it is animated nuts.com. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> animated nuts.com. Uh I was never in the Cubs or the Scouts. Yeah. Did they tell you to get nutted? I'm <laughs> I'm still apparently on the waiting list of Cubs. Yeah. Uh well they told me I'd be in by Christmas. And right. I'm still waiting. That was nineteen seventy eight. Uh-huh. So uh don't know how I'll fit in the uniform these days, but um so it's animatednots.com. Oh, my father in law would love this. <laughs> it's so cool. So there's loads of different categories. So you've got climbing, boating, fishing, scouting, search and rescue, household, arborist, horse, uh, horse and farm. You click on any of these. Horse. 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 <laughs> you filthy boy. And then it gives you all the different knots associated with that pastime or that hobby or whatever. Then you click on the knot. And you get a little animated little video of how to tie that knot. Mm. It's fab. It's brilliant. Absolutely what a good brilliant. find. Where'd you find that? Might have been on SwissMiss.com. Yeah. She, uh, SwissMiss.com, she always does like a Friday link pack. There's usually some good stuff on there. Uh, but yeah, very, very nice. <laughs> what have you got? Um, well, mine's an article and it's in the New Yorker. And the title of the article is called Can Indie Social Media Save Us? And it's, this is more of a discussion uh, like we used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it's a really interesting article to read in terms of giving you some kind of uh, stories on living outside social media. And I think that's a really good, healthy place for people to start to be. Yeah. Um, I think that it is destructive to the human race. I don't think there's anything positive about it. <laughs> uh, and I think it's, uh, it is literally S- Silicon Valley sucking on the eyeballs of your oh, yeah. soul. Um, and these are kind of like, there's some really cool things in the indie web. Um, so there's micro.blog, which is you can install your own little mini kind of Twitter that you could put on your website, but it means that it's self-contained so that yep. it doesn't live anywhere else other than your own little uh, bubble. Uh, and there's another one called Mastodon, which is kind of like a, an old-fashioned chat room. Yeah, that's quite, it's reasonably big. I wouldn't necessarily say that was indie. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that, that, that led me to think, I mean, there's so much to talk about this kind of thing, but doesn't aren't these all kind of following the, the tropes of, well, some of them aren't, but they're, they're obviously anti, uh, the, you know, sort of, general social media but something like mastodon is surely trying to ape the sort of facebook pages or whatever people absolutely um they're only indie because they're only kind of vaguely starting out aren't they how long do how long do they last for and where do they go you know where does your stuff go when they go as as people have found out on path didn't they um which tried to do that kind of thing um that you know you have to and i think one of the sort of the core tenets of IndieWeb is that you self-host, that yes. you everything hosts on your own, yeah. on your own web server. Yeah. Um, but that sort of precludes lots of people because they don't have the technical knowledge to do that. So you can see the benefit of why people go to social media. Mm. But when you go on to social media, I'm ex- I'm excluding Twitter for now because I don't want to upset you. But um, no, the, the majority of it is just build. Is nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. I, I still do the the vast majority of my searching for information is is out in the web. It's not 
in tiny little silos, is it? No, correct. So yeah, I, it, 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 it's it's a good article. Sort of, I'm gonna I, I've earmarked it myself because I want to use it as a stepping point for all the little suggestions of of kind of places that I can go and explore where to live on the internet. Yeah, well, it sounds like a, a good little um, idea for a, a, a topic. Yeah. But we don't yeah, do topics anymore, We don't Rob. We really do topics unless it's something that really strikes us. And well, that's yeah. struck me, John. Okay. All right, mate. So let's bear that one in mind. All right. Now, do you have pie. a pie? Yes. I have a, a really... Um, I have a, a, a pie from Marks & Spencer. Mm. Uh, it was reduced. It's a pork pie. What have you got? I have got a lamb and chickpea pie. Oh, that sounds good. From uh, Armstrong's and St. Margaret's. Armstrong's. Armstrong's. Uh, Steph went there a couple of weeks ago and got me a whole bunch. Oh, you see, you now have opened it. Lovely crisp pastry. It's really tomatoey, which oh. I'm not really have sure. Have you had if this I want before? That. I don't think so. Oh. Um. So just bear with me. Now, this is obviously the point at which I normally burn my mouth, but my pie's been sat there for ten minutes, so should be all right. Hmm. Well, the pastry is amazing. Was there? Pastry always is. I'm not getting... You normally think of like a lamb and chickpea, you think North African or something. Yeah. But I'm not really getting any flavours. It's a bit like a kind of a lamb tomato stew. It's tasty enough, but not quite what I was expecting. Okay. But um, I'll give that a 7.6. 7.6. Mm. I Very do good. like a chickpea. Yeah, I made I made falafel last week, oh. uh, and I've. Um, Why didn't you post me one? I, I made love it a falafel. Properly. Oh, it was really good. Um, I made Yemeni ones, okay, which are quite spicy. I guess because they're over that coast by the, yep. um, uh, India, India, uh, and so there's that influx of wet herbs. I'd call it like mm. lots of coriander, lots of garlic, lots of chili. Really, really good. Cool. Anyway, the um, right. I'm going into this one. Condiments. Thanks. Um, no, no flavour whatsoever to the meat. So <laughs> the, all you get is the uh, is the just the the wet edge of the pastry. It's got lots of jelly in it, but it needs loads more pepper and mace and all that kind of strong spicing that a pork pie needs. Yeah, like the co-op one, I have to say is is really really good. Of their plain old one that you might grab mm. on your way past if you're driving past or whatever. But no, Marks and Spencer one sadly. Lacking any flavour whatsoever. Do you mean? So that gets a five. And I'm washing it down with the Timothy Taylor's Landlord. Lovely. My my dad's favourite tipple. Yeah. So uh, that's me done. Um, I've got nothing else to do mm. apart from go and start typing again. Okay. Um, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, little wedding on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't know what. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got my daughter, so I don't know what we're doing. Um, next week, I'm off to a special uh, place for my wife's 40th birthday. Super secret surprise visit. How exciting. Yeah. So well, looking forward to that. Have a marvellous time, whatever it is you're up to, John. Well, you recommended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've got my fingers crossed. You have a very nice time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Right, well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. John, yep. as always, it was marvellous to talk yep, to you. it was lovely to speak to you too. Uh, and I'm going to bugger off and eat my pie. All right then, have a good one. Cheerio. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy.
<laughs> what was that? It wasn't even take it easy, John. It was take it easy. <laughs>